What's up, guys? I'm Paul. This is Pauline Theology's Daily Devo, your trust in Jesus ministries. And I'm glad you guys are listening as we begin our study on Genesis. We did the introduction, talked a little bit about what we're going to see through the entirety of the book, and now it's time to dive on in. So if you haven't checked it out, we're on chapter one, verses one through two. And uh, yeah, if you've read it, go ahead and let's jump on in. But if you haven't, stop the tape see what it has to say, and come back. But these are well-known verses. These are probably the most well-known verses in the Bible besides maybe Jesus wept and uh, John 3.16. So uh, without further ado, come on, let's get on into it, man. What does the author of Genesis say to the people as he writes these words in verse 1 through 2? He says this, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was formless and void or empty. And darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the spirit of God hovered upon the face of the waters. Man, we have got some major things going on. This is could be, like I said, one of the most uh, famous verses, but also one of the most contested or argued about passages of scripture that you will find because of the creation versus evolution, the science versus theology, uh, poem versus history. Just like, what are these verses saying? What is the author trying to convey to the people of God as they read this? Well, first off, I think you've got to recognize the Berashit, which means in the beginning. And so, if God is before the beginning, then that means that there's something that is existing outside beginning of time. That's what beginning does. It, it makes a reference to time. And so God is before time existed. That means he's preexistent. That means he's eternal, that he always was. There was never a time that God was. And so that's one thing that the author is trying to convey here is that there is something that has been in existence for all eternity. I think one thing also that the author is trying to do is uh, contest or um, contrive. No, I don't think it's contrive. I don't think that's the word. But he's trying to describe their God in opposition to the gods that are around them. You see, the, 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 the contemporary gods around them were not before time. They were actually a part of this created order. And so when it says that in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, that means God is separated from the things which he created. See, the, the um, word heaven and earth is what's called a mirrorism. It means that it captures everything that is from heaven to earth. And so for us, uh, uh, maybe a, a better translation would be, in the, in the beginning, God created the universe. So when he says heaven and earth, that means that he created everything that exists, the entire universe. And so what's different about God, which is amazing to think about that, um, and, and it's a statement or it's a testament to this, the fact that, that God is, is real, he's true, is that, the, that God revealed himself in a way that is separate from what all of the contemporary world believed and thought about God. What they believed and thought about God was this God, uh, or was whoever God it is, 
had to tame and to force or to fight against some kind of uh, uh, chaotic force. And that out of that, that fighting, that chaos, then the earth and all of its creatures were birthed or the earth and all of its creatures were created. Now, yes, there was creator gods in those uh, other deities, those other stories and those other mythologies, but they were always a part of some kind of struggle. And then that these struggles were on the same level of existence as them. And so this is, is very different from the God of the Bible, from Yahweh, from, from, um, what the Hebrews, uh, believes and what we as Christians believe today. A thing that's also different here is that it says, um, that the, the, uh, the spirit was hovering over the face of the waters and this darkness, this depth, this deep that's talking about, uh, this is important because first off, it's the spirit of God doing this. The spirit of God is moving over these waters, but the word for moving or hovering that we see actually has a, a, a different meaning. It means tremble, or it can mean to, uh, rule over in a way, or it can mean to, um, have authority and control over. And so this word that the author uses is, is not saying simply that the spirit is hovering over the waters. But what he is saying is that as he's hovering over this, this, uh, formless and void world that, uh, he is in control over it, that he is maintaining it and that it is under his rule. That's what it means for the spirit to be hovering over these waters. It's, it's like uh, the, the idea is that these, these, um, um, this, this, this world that God has created, the heavens and the earth, that, that this place is, is just waiting for the command of God to be spoken for it to do what it's supposed to do. Now, I kind of skipped a little head because I said that it's it's waiting for this command to do what it's supposed to do, because it starts out with saying that the earth was void and formless. And so uh, formless means that it has no shape, that it's uninhabitable. It's a wasteland. And that's actually what the term, um, uh, if, if you if you know anything about Hebrew, is tovu vavohu. And that is like uh, this, this sequence of words that... Um, means formless and void, vo uh, without form and void. So it's like an uninhabitable wasteland and empty. So two, there's, there's two things going on here. First off, that um, it is not fit for anybody to live on. And second, there's nobody living there. And so as we continue through the story of creation, we will see God uh, rectify these two things. He's going to create a world that is not a wasteland, a place that is inhabitable, a place for people to be able to live and um, flourish. And then after he creates this place to live and flourish in the, I believe it's uh, verses three through six, uh, I believe. Anyway, the first three days anyway, um, he, he creates a world that is inhabitable. And then in the last three days, 
He inhabits the world. So he rectifies this formless and then he uh, rectifies this void. And that is what the author of, of, of Genesis is trying to convey is that God is, is a, the creator God that existed before all time. And then not only that, but that he can take, uh, um, he is in control of all things. He's sovereign God. And then that he makes things form into being. He is the one who enables a place to have flourishment and then places the people there for them to flourish. And, and, and one more thing I want to say is that this in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. That's that's kind of a title. And we'll see furthermore, there's these um, these these other titles that come about throughout Genesis as Rita says, uh, maybe it may say something like these are the generations of or it might say uh, and this is the account of uh, the Hebrew word is called a told dot. And, and they're like sections that um, take what was said before and then shows you what direction it's going to be led into. And so it takes a person or a thing um, that was stated and then it connects uh, what's coming up next with it. And oftentimes it's genealogies um, like uh, the what a genealogy is, is just the people that are birthed after them. Or it is um, a account of what uh, is about to take place with one of the progeny of the person before. So uh, for instance, it's going to be, it'll talk about, uh, I think it talks about Jacob and then it goes and it begins to talk about Joseph, which is uh, Jacob's son. But anyway, I say all this and it'll make sense as we continue our study through Genesis and uh, you, you follow through with me as we read through it. But I say this because Berashit Bara Elohim et Hashemayim va'et ha'eretz, or or uh, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, is a title that follows similarly to that. And then after the title is made, it begins to describe what is going to happen. And one reason I say this again is because this distinguishes God from all of His creation. And we're about to go into as well. Um, is this uh, a metaphor for a day or is this a um, is it an actual literal one day is this a poem and I think this is going to we're going to go back to this verse right here and we're going to talk a little bit about it because in one sense when it says in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth that could be a title which which I feel it is a title in the way in which it follows those toll dots like I talked to you about or it could be an indiscriminate amount of time. Like in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And then all of this time is passing by. And then God begins to do and move to making the earth in the next six days. It can also be understood as in describing what happens while he is making uh, um, the, the, the world as well. So it could be as saying, when God created the heavens and the earth, this is how it came about. This is what happened. And we'll go back to that as we continue to study in the rest of the book. But now, what is it saying about God? What is the author saying specifically about God? Well, he's saying that he is an eternal pre-existing God. He is before all things. There was a time or there was never a time that God did not exist. Because in the beginning is a reference to time and God is already there. It also said that he's sovereign and in charge. 
And we talked about how the spirit hovering over the waters at the actual word could mean tremble or fear. And so what it means is that God is in, is in control and is uh, an authority over the land, over the waters that it's hovering over, that he, the spirit is hovering over. And so he is a sovereign ruler over the thing which he created. But one other thing is that he's transcendent. We talked about how this is vastly different from the um, the mythologies that are around in other cultures that are in the same area that these Hebrew people were birthed in, that these Hebrew people are, are who are reading this are uh, living in. And what it says is that he is transcendent from everything that he created. See, the idea of these other ones was that the creation, or I'm sorry, not creation, but the thing that was created was also the same as the one who created it. That's where we get pan, pantheism. I believe that's the word pantheism, where everything is 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 God. God is is everything, or um, everything is in God. And this is vastly different from the world around them. That that God is different or transcendent is the word from all of creation. He created it, and He's in charge of it. What's the saying about man? It didn't talk about man, but we can get from the context that this is saying that we are creatures and that we are his creation and that God has created us that he has made us and we are under him. We're under his rule, just as though the spirit hovered over the waters of the deep, just as the spirit was was hovering over the um, this this the face of the deep. So also. He is still hovering over us in authority. That he is the ruler over us by right because he created us. And how should we apply these things to our lives? Well, I think, dude, that, that this actually is a powerful way of, of the legitimacy and reality of who God is. That no man could create this up. This is not something a person could just think of in their mind to be something so vastly different from what the world uh, at that time said about gods, goddesses, and deities. That, that the God of the Bible could only be known through revelation, special revelation, meaning that God spoke these things to us so that we might know his character. That is the only way that we would be able to come up with some kind of idea or thought about who God is. It's because he revealed it to us. And that's a, that's a powerful thing for what's called apologetics, um, a way to defend the faith that you have, that the God of the Bible is vastly different from what the world, uh, uh, the contemporary world around them believed about God. And that itself, I believe is, is almost a, like a slam dunk for an argument on the reality of God. I appreciate you guys for listening, man. I hope you're going to enjoy going through Genesis. And remember, man, ask questions. If you got something you, you want to uh, ask me about the scriptures and what we're going through, how it relates to our lives, or just a little bit of deeper understanding of what it means, or questions that you have pertaining to these scriptures that I haven't even talked about, man, let me know, because I'd just love to answer them to help you to trust in Jesus more, because that's what this is about growing in your faith every day to trust in Christ more with your life. I appreciate you guys for listening. 
and I'll see you in the next episode.